Get ready for the smartest bundle in streaming. Six streaming services for the intellectually curious. Featuring CuriosityStream with the best collection of documentary films and TV shows. Psalm TV and great stories from the world of wine. Taste made for the fun side of food and travel. Topic with the best thrillers and crime stories. And so much more. From nature to history, technology to food, mystery to adventure. Get six streaming services for one low price. And less than $6 a month, it's the best deal in streaming. Learn more and sign up now at smartbundle.com. I wasn't sure who was the first to mention Dr. Hexapod to us, and later, when we would all reflect on it, our eyes widened with horror as we pointed fingers at each other in a whodunit manner, only to come up short. Like a thought that materializes out of nowhere, with no strings connecting it to the origin, there was no evidence left behind, as if the man had just been an apparition. If only. We were all part of an infertility and family support group, that was run out of the First Methodist Church down on Broadway Wednesday nights, going around in a circle with the perfunctory introductions. Hi, my name is Ben. How are you doing tonight, Ben? Fine. Just fine. Hoping to learn some new strategies to support my partner, Teresa, in this process. In reality, I was anything but fine. I have a stack of potential sperm donors on the kitchen counter eagerly awaiting me. Harvard grads, NASA scientists, doctors, all with smug, shit-eating grins plastered across their weasley little faces, as if they were saying, Hi Ben, can't wait to wiggle up your wife's puss and do what you can't. Have fun looking at my mug on your kid's face for the rest of your life. Damn, I'm definitely not fine. I met up with Denise by the coffee table after the meeting. Stale donuts and day-old scones, hard as a brick true earthly delights. Phil Macamore came up soon afterward. Hey, Ben and Denise, I, I want you to meet Robert. It's his first meeting. Nice to meet you, Robert. So, what are you in here for? I give him a sympathetic smile. Busted my sack in a biking accident. You guys? Denise puts up her hand, volunteering to go first. I don't have the proper equipment. My boys are just slow. Phil says in between a cup of lukewarm coffee. Cancer. I watch as there is that slight grimace across Robert's face. Playing the cancer card is like laying down a royal flush in poker, except there are no prizes. Kara and I went to our first appointment with Dr. Hexapod. Denise was trying to lighten the mood. We have a follow-up with insemination next week. Really? Phil's eyes widen. That's quick. Kara loved him. And apparently they do super thorough screenings for all the donors. Denise pops a donut in her mouth and makes a look of disgust before throwing the rest of it away. When's your appointment with him, Ben? Friday. Teresa is rip-raring to go. We actually use Dr. Hexapod as well, Robert interjects. My wife, Lindsay, and I did an insemination two weeks ago. You'll like him, Ben. I nod my head, unconvinced. Turns out my opinion on Dr. Hexapod doesn't matter, as after our first appointment, Teresa's head over heels in love. I'm talking high school relationship love. When you fondle a girl for the first time in the back seat of a car, heart chattering, pants snug, as you caress a perfect breast to love. The way I felt when I found my dad's Playboy magazine tucked under his bed and beheld with awe and splendor the naked body of Victoria Silvestet and her bright pink cheeks. 
Despite Teresa's euphoria, there's something about the man that's peculiar. His bulbous eyes are spaced too far apart from each other, lopsided. He has long skinny fingers that seem to have an extra joint. Small wiggly hair sprout from his nose, trembling as he talks. Our sperm donor candidates are of the highest quality and personally vetted. Dr. Hexapod leans forward. His skin is shiny, almost transparent, cheeks conclave and emaciated. If you decide to move forward, we're in this together, from insemination through the birth. The question is, Teresa, are you ready to make a baby? We have the biggest fight of our marriage that night, at dinner, when I tell her how I feel about Dr. Hexapod. Teresa's staring daggers at me. Damn it, Ben, this is the fourth fertility clinic we visited this year, and you say the same crap every time. She pierces a piece of lettuce with animosity. I wish your sperm was viable, but it's not. There's just something about this guy. I can't put my finger on it. It's true. I freaking hate him. This is it for me. I've waited a year. I've tried to be patient, but I'm coming up on being 35 now. I'm doing this with or without you. Are you in or are you out? Yeah, I'm in. I see Teresa squeal with joy as she places a juicy kiss on my cheek, leaving a red lipstick stain like a bloody fingerprint on my skin. This is going to be great, Ben. I have a good feeling about this. It's a few weeks later, I'm back at the infertility and family support group. It's my turn to stand up. Hi, my name is Ben. How are you doing tonight, Ben? Fine. But better than fine. Um... I just found out my wife is pregnant. There was a round of applause. I couldn't be happier. I have my own shit-eating grin on this time. I could be happier. Of all the places I would rather be, here is at the bottom of the list, hovering just above spending a day at Dr. Hexapod's sterile office, where we went for in the insemination, his googly eyes staring down at Teresa, her legs spread eagle on the examination table. I couldn't watch it. We got the good news a few weeks later in the form of a pregnancy test with a big old plus sign down the middle. We're getting a baby, Teresa said, wiggling about the house. It reminded me of what my mom had told me about how babies were made. Brought through the storks, Benny, her fat fingers caressing my chin, dropped right down the chimney. For a moment I turn to our fireplace and think about lighting a fire. Denise comes up to me after the meeting. Congrats, man, she squeezes my shoulder. Robert and Phil follow close behind, shaking my hand. My wife Ginny is also with child, Phil says quietly. I didn't want to announce it yet, but it looks like we're all in this together now. Robert and Denise had both confirmed that their wives were also pregnant last week. That Dr. Hexapod sure is a miracle worker. Denise grins but I think I see her lips twitch as if she's unsure. Say, we should have a barbecue at my place to celebrate, Phil beams. Well, after Ginny hits her three-month mark. He looks around like a little boy with a secret. That's when she said it would be okay to tell people. We'll put it in the books, Denise laughs. All four of us with babies on the way. Who would have thought? I begin to notice strange things about Teresa the second month into her pregnancy and it started with the blankets. Piles of them, thick winter comforters, throws, homemade quilts, 
even the blanket on our bed. She brought everything down to the living room, swirling herself around in them like cotton candy spun at the fair. She liked to call it her blanket nest. It was where she spent most of her days. She'd blast the heat, turning the thermostat all the way up, till our home felt like a tropical rainforest, sweltering and muggy. Having been brought up in a stingy, borderline poor household, where raising the thermostat by just a degree, even in the dead of winter, was a cardinal sin, I would sometimes protest. On these occasions, Teresa would just give me a knowing look and rub her bulging stomach. Checkmate. Stranger still was her aversion to light. Long gone were the days of beach outings, hikes, and even walks around the neighborhood. Sequestering herself in a dark room, Teresa would scold me for turning on an unnecessary light switch. Are you some kind of vampire? I would joke, and she would look at me perplexed, as if I was asking her if the sky was red. Our relationship deteriorated with the changes, especially in the bedroom. One night after a few beers, I initiated things, the first time either of us had in months. Halfway through, while inside her, I felt something touch me, like feathers. I freaked out, pulling away. Teresa told me I was overreacting, but afterward, I found little purple dots all over my dick that lasted for over a week. One afternoon, I checked my phone and saw an email from Phil. The subject line read, Partners, Infertility, and Family Support Group Celebration Barbecue this Saturday. I had forgotten about it altogether. I told Teresa, only her large eyes visible from her swaddle of blankets. When I asked if she wanted to go, the mound moved up and down, nodding yes. We arrived at Phil's barbecue on Saturday. I brought a pint of yellow potato salad and flowers. Denise, Phil, and Robert, and I stood by the grill. I was already on my third beer. Our wives stood off a good distance away in the shade, talking together quietly. Just look at them, said Robert, and I did. All four of them with their protruding, swollen stomachs. It was like an invisible line had been drawn across the yard between us and them, as if we were the enemy. Opposing teams on a school game of dodgeball or capture the flag. Occasionally one of them would look up, their eyes narrowing at my gaze. I got ultrasound pics, Phil piped up, and he took out a black and white photo from his pocket. There's our little Timmy. I leaned in looking at the photo. God, Phil, I swear that our ultrasound photo looks exactly the same. It's a boy, too. Yeah, ditto, said Denise, a concerned look crossing her face. I mean, they all look... they all look the same because they are. It's just a bundle of cells, really. Robert took a pull of his beer. You guys... notice anything? I pause. Are your wives doing anything strange since they got pregnant? Robert and Phil look downwards as if they're ignoring the question, but Denise bites her lip. Have you seen the pills they get? She's about to say something else when her wife, Kara, saddles up to us. The meat ready yet? I'm famished. No, not yet, said Phil with a half smile. Oh, I don't mind. Kara picks up the tongs and removes a hamburger that's not even being flipped. I like it raw. When we get back home that evening... Teresa retreats to her blanket nest. I hear her settling in. I wait till she stills before going into the kitchen 
and examining her pill bottles lined up along the counter. I didn't realize that there were so many. I empty out one of the containers. Light pink and plastic-like pills. I take one and slice it open with a butter knife. Out pours a sticky substance. I lean in, and it smells sweet. It tastes like sugar. Just plain sugar. I go to another bottle. The pills are large, as thick as my thumb, a neon yellow. I saw it open. Recoiling in disgust, out spills a multitude of minuscule black creatures, their long, small legs scurrying them in every direction. I put out my pinky finger, and one of them reluctantly steps on it. Bringing it up to eye level, I can see that it looks like a small spider. I smash it between my thumb, disabling it in a mushy mess before flicking it away. What are you doing? Teresa is behind me. I look to the counter where some of the bugs are still lingering. This was in your pills. Teresa comes over. Huh? How strange. That's all you have to say? What sort of messed up crap is this? Did you know? She shakes her head. I trust Dr. Hexapod though. I pick up the phone. What are you doing? Teresa crosses her arms. Hi, this is Ben Brown, Teresa Brown's husband, who is a patient of yours. I say into the answering machine for Dr. Hexapod's office. Stop it, Teresa yells. You're embarrassing me. Yeah, I just found her pills. You know the ones with the bugs in them? What kind of circus do you have going on there? Give me a call back or I'm calling the police. I hang up the phone. Teresa rolls her eyes and leaves the room. I get a call back the next day, but it's not from the doctor's office. Instead, it's Denise. Hey, Ben. Listen, Kara had an appointment today with Dr. Hexapod and went. we went by his office. It's all closed up, stripped bare like nobody had ever been there. What? I feel a tingle of anxiety creep up my chest, settling in my throat. I had hoped that after my message I would get a call back from some empathetic nurse assuring me that the pills were formulated for iron deficiencies or some strange vitamin for the baby. The thought that my discovery possibly caused Dr. Hexapod to leave, it scares the hell out of me. I make a phone call when I get off the phone with Denise, to a co-worker of mine whose wife is an OBGYN. Securing an appointment that afternoon, Teresa is less than thrilled. I'm sure Dr. Hexapod just needed to switch offices. She rolls her eyes in the car. I really think we should just wait until we hear from him. When we got to the hospital, we go through the usual rigmarole before finding ourselves in front of a young ultrasound tech. Teresa lays down horizontally, covering her stomach, which is covered with a light blue gel. The tech gets out the probe, placing it on her skin. Teresa swerves her head. I miss Dr. Hexapod's office. I'm about to say something when I notice a strange look come over the tech's face. Her lips scrunch together as her face collapses on itself. Her eyes widen, but drift away from the screen. She makes a whippering sound, like a dog getting kicked. I let my gaze drift, coming level with the image reflecting Teresa's uterus. Inside the space where the baby should be are dozens of golf-sized shaped eggs, vibrating against each other. At that moment, one of the eggs shifts, and in horror I see a long, fuzzy strand emerging. I feel Teresa's hand on my own, 
She's smiling. Oh, Ben, I think the baby is coming. <laughs>